You ever feel like your life is literally a prepping area for something great? Even when you can't put your, your finger on it, you can't point it out. It's like you just know there's something that you're designed for, something you were created for. And I, my mind, when, when God laid this on a heart, raced back to college. I mean, I went to college for urban ministry. I wanted to live with the homeless. Uh, you know, and so that was, that was my, my one thing that I, I truly wanted to do. And thinking about all those times I was, I was in the dorm rooms with, you know, the ex-gang leaders and, and those that were still calling back to their, their gangs to take care of business. You know, I just, my mind was like blown at the training that's already been there. And then coming here and leading this, this youth group for 10 years and just pouring into these students and learning how to work with a culture of amazing dreamers and passionate generation that will change the world. And, you know, you think about this next generation, you think about lives that are going through middle school and high school, how moldable and shapeable that generation is. And if we don't, if we don't tap into that, infrastructure of God's purpose, we've missed it. And so just thinking about how that, that has led into, you know, the, the UR impact and thinking, how can we get into these schools? I mean, uh, you know, in the East Coast, it was just like doors closed, and God gave us a revelation of how to minister to the schools, how to problem solve, how to get into uh, the administration and, and help and be a solve. Isn't it amazing when the church becomes the solve to the problems that the world has? Isn't that a beautiful thing? That's how it should be. I mean, Jesus designed us to come to earth to be the change. We are literally the, the problem solvers of today. We should be the greatest minds, the greatest people with the greatest hearts and the greatest resources. We should be it. We're children of the King. We're children of the Lord of Lords. Hello, He's the powerful, almighty God. He knows all. We should be the ones that have the biggest dreams for the future. We should be telling the world what the future holds. We should be the ones speaking into them, hey, this is what God designed for the world. and Let us teach you how to do it. It blows my mind. It takes me to Proverbs 16, 9. It says, in their hearts, humans plan their course. But the Lord establishes their steps. Praise God that God has it in his hand and it's not in my hands. Because in my hands, I was going to plant youth groups all over the world. That's what our dream was. I was like, oh, well, this just makes sense. We're going to change the world, so we're going to go plant all these youth groups, and we're going to buy a building in Oxford and, and all this stuff. I mean, our dreams were way out left field. You know, just that, I just felt this frustration inside saying, there's got to be more. There's got to be more. I got to be doing more. I think about David, man, when he was in the, the field with, with his sheep and he's practicing his slingshot. I'm thinking, that's all out of frustration. He's like, oh, I'm little. I know I'm designed for greater things. Here I am with sheep, stinky sheep. Like, what the jazz? I know I'm designed for greatness. I was prophesied over. I mean, this is David, right? Practicing his slingshot. But if he would have never taken that moment and learned that this is a prepping stage for the future, he would have never been ready for the bear. He would have never been ready for the lion. And he would have never been ready for Goliath, the biggest day that set him apart for greatness. I think about Joseph and his dream. 
And when he came to his brothers and his family with this dream, because he was just so excited, he's like, yeah. And I think Joseph's biggest problem was he spoke too soon. He was too excited. You never tell your brothers, hey, my stock, here's my dream that God gave me. My stock, your stocks are going to bow to me. (laughs) Older brother and sister. You know what I mean? Like, you don't say that. You know, you don't do that. There's just some things you don't say. And so I think Joseph's bigger problem was he was so excited. He was so pumped. But if Joseph never would have trained and in the prison been able to accomplish the dream speaking and tell them what their dream meant, he would have never been ready for the throne room of Pharaoh. Never. If you'd have never stood his ground in Potiphar's house when his wife came at him and said, hey, baby, let's have some fun, he would have been doomed and missed out on the biggest moment of his life. Every moment of your life is a prep. It's a prep station for your destiny. Because God is getting you ready whether you see it or not. You might be in a season where you're like, I don't get it. I don't get it. I got a call on my life. I know where I'm headed. God has designed me for greatness. But here I am. And some of you feel like this. Like like you're in a season where all you've been called to do is clear the ground. Clear the ground. You're like, this is so dumb. What am I doing? I'm clearing the ground? Really? That's my job right now? I thought you said I was made for greatness. I'm clearing the ground. Really? This is it? God, come on. You know I'm designed for greatness. And then you get another position and you're like, all right, gathering sticks. Really? I'm gathering sticks? So frustrating. All I do is bend over, grab a stick, bring it to the spot I cleared, and put it down. This is so meaningless. I mean, think about it. Do you ever go through these seasons? You feel like you're picking up sticks? Like, this is child's play. I wasn't meant to do this. I wasn't meant to to be this. I was called to be on top. I was called to be a leader. I know I was. But here I am picking up sticks like a chump. I'm a chump right now. I know I was designed for greatness. And maybe out of that frustration, you're like, God, what else is there? What else can I do? There's got to be more. I can't even pick up a stick right. You know, it's just this frustration. It's like, are you serious? I know there's more. There's got to be more. And you keep seeking God. But if you're faithful in those moments, you say, God, I'm going to do what you designed me to do right now because I know it's prep work. And God, I'm going to keep seeking you and saying, what's next? Where do you have me to go next? Because I know it's great. And in that, you keep doing what you do. And then someday God gets you ready. To light it up and watch you light up the world for him. But all the steps were necessary to get you to be the biggest bonfire that the world has ever seen. And he's going to light you up. And the world's going to say, what the jazz? Where'd that come from? And you're like, you know what? It was the silliest thing. I was clearing the ground. And then I was picking up sticks for years. Oh, my word, it was so frustrating. It was so weird. I was like, why am I doing this? Why, what am I doing? I don't even know what I'm doing. And then the moment clicks and you're like, it was all 
for this moment. And God said, if you never would have prepped, you'd have never been ready for me to light you up. I'm sure as Joseph was sitting in the prison, he was thinking to himself, so when's the part where the other stocks are going to bow to me? (laughs) When's that going to happen? cupbearer and the baker are telling him the dreams. I'm sure he's frustrated. He's like, shut up. I don't want to talk to you right now. That's what I'd be thinking. You don't understand the frustration I have inside right now. I'm supposed to be on top. And here I am in prison for doing the right thing. But if he never would have stayed faithful and prepped in that time, he never would have been ready for the throne room of Pharaoh to walk in and be the one who gave this strategy that changed the world. Think about that. The wisest men that were paid for their wisdom in the country were nothing compared to Joseph because he had prepped and been faithful and sought after God, and God had had him everywhere that he needed to be in order to be who he needed to be in the moment of his destiny. Woo! Yeah! I can get excited about that. Your chapters are prepping you for your finale. And you have to go through every chapter, every chapter, because every chapter is prepping you for what God has for you in your grand finale. Psalm 37, verse 23 through 24, the Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Though they may stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hands. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 through 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, because your own understanding will say, quit, quit making a, a path, quit clearing the ground. Go get a real job. You could be making more money. You could be a leader. Quit clearing the ground. That's our own understanding, right? What are you do? Picking up sticks? Really? But everybody's offering you positions over here. Go get them. That's what you deserve. That's your own understanding. But in all your ways, submit to Jesus. Because when you submit to his thoughts, he will make your path straight. He will make your path firm, a foundation underneath your feet. He will light your way so it'll be obvious where to go. But if you go on your own understanding, you will be searching for years, my friend. Sir, you will be jumping from job to job trying to find fulfillment, trying to climb the ladder. You'll be trying your entire life. You'll get to the age 60, 70, and you'll be thinking, where did it go? But if you submit to God's understanding and say, God, I don't understand what's going on right now, but I'm going to keep on picking up sticks. I'm going to keep on clearing the ground. If you can submit to that, someday he'll light you up. So we're calling our church change. And I love it because change is not a noun. It's a verb. And that just gets me excited. Because I don't just want to be a church. 
because I am the change. You know? I, I am the change. And I love it that the story of Moses just sticks out in my head, and, and Moses is having this conversation with God, and he's like, okay, God, you've called me to go free the people in Egypt, and I, I'm called, I mean, literally, this was the biggest moment in Israel's history because for 40 years, or for years, I don't even know if it was 40, it was probably even more, they were in slavery, captivity, and Egypt was suppressing them to say, stop having babies. They're killing, I mean, it was crazy, crazy stuff. Moses gets in this position. God says, I called you for this moment, and he's having this conversation with God. He said, God, who, who, who do I say has called me to do this? I mean, this is a huge moment. I can't just go in there as Moses. I got to go in with someone that, that sent me. And I know that I got this whole burning bush thing and my shoes are off and this is kind of weird. But like, I, I know I have this experience, but how do I tell them about that? And Jesus, or God just looks at him and says this. He says, you go tell them that I am sent you. I am sent you. I am that I am. That was it. And I just love it because I am the change. And he makes I am the change because we were created in his image, weren't we? Isn't that awesome? We were created in his image. I love, I think it was Tori that spoke about that. He, I am, I am. I am that I am. Because of who God is, you are. Because of who he is, it is inside of you. So everywhere you go, you create change with your presence. Your atmosphere changes the room. Your business all of a sudden changes because you're there. Do you know the favor of God rests in you, not in an organization? Amen. It's not an organization. It's the presence of the individual that carries the glory of God. When you carry the glory of God, everywhere you go must bow to the authority that's inside of you. Not because of who you are. Amen. Yo, pop your head, man. Get a little head. It's not about you. Amen. It's not about Elijah Hollis. Thank God. It's not about a leader. It's about God inside of you. And it's like the scripture says, on your own, you can do nothing. I love that quote, by the way. On your own, you can do nothing. But with God, you do all things. You do all things. Because with God, nothing is impossible. And he gives you the authority. I love it. He gives you the keys of the kingdom. And some of you need to look in your hands because you have the keys and you don't even know it. You don't even know it. I started doing video work, and it was funny because Katie, uh, Katie Everett, she came to me and she said, well, actually, it was, she's genius because she put a spread out of seafood. Got us over there. We were eating salmon and shrimp and a whole nine yards, and we're thinking, this is awesome. And she's like, so I brought you here today. Talk to you about doing a video. I'm like, Katie, hold on. Pause the train. I only do video for church. That's just it. I just do video for church. So please, just this one, just one video, one video. Okay, one video. That's it. One video and the rest, all church. So we do this video. We do this event. Then there's another event that comes up. She wants that too. So again, spreads the seafood across the table. And now I know. Now I'm like, I'm not touching this. I know what you're trying to do. Just one more. Just one more. Just one more. Let's just do one more and that'll be it. And then, you know, you don't have to do any more. 
Well, one thing led to the next, and all of a sudden, my video work was all across Philly. And it's funny to me because I thought in my head, no, that's not what I meant to do. I'm not meant to do video for the world. I'm supposed to do video for change or church. And it's funny because my video camera became my key to the city. All of a sudden, I was sitting in front of influential people and people with resources beyond my capabilities that I could ever meet with as a pastor, youth pastor, you name it, nonprofit leader. I mean, I've tried all the things. I've come in as your impact. Hey, I'd like to talk to you about my nonprofit. And it's like, they could care less. They're like, oh, that's cute, you know. Hey, I'm a pastor. Oh, I definitely don't want to talk to you. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like I try all these things. And my video camera became my key. Some of you have a key in your hands and you don't even know it. And God's going to use it to get you indoors that he needs you in. He needs you there. He's placed you there on purpose because you have a voice and you have the authority because I am changed and I am changed. You know what I'm saying? Is that feeling good? Can you imagine with me a church? Close your eyes real quick. I love when people do this. It's just so awkward and weird. Close your eyes with me. I think uh, Ernie Daniels just did this. I want you to picture a church, okay? I want you to picture a church where people are equipped and ready, where they are trained. They are in the season where they are doing exactly what God has called them to do in the time, and it might be clearing the ground. It might be putting sticks in a pile. It might be gathering flint. It might be gathering the matches. Who knows what it is, but can you imagine a whole church full of people ready for the throne room of Pharaoh, and they're just waiting for the moment that God calls them in and says, all right, this is your moment. I'm going to light you up. Can you imagine with me a people that understand the key in their hands, and they're walking through doors that they could never imagine because it's an adventure, because God has them on an adventure, and they are the resource that the world world is coming to. Can you imagine with me? Can you imagine with me a people that are in a facility of a church and saying we will be the resource of the world where the world is actually coming to them to find out what is the strategy to transform a city? Can you imagine a people that laid down their lives to see their city become a better place? Can you imagine with me a church that has no walls to contain it? I feel like God is, is doing something great. He's already in the midst of it. And I don't know if you ever feel like this, but I just feel honored to be a part of it. feel blessed. I feel blessed to be a part of it, blessed to, to have ownership in, in what he's doing. So if you would, would you just stand up with me and can we stretch our hands uh, towards Philadelphia? It's actually that way. Or you can just go straight back, actually. It's in that vicinity. God, we love you today. Jesus, we thank you so much for who you are. You're an amazing king, amazing God. You trust us so much, and I don't understand why sometimes, but I thank you. 
And God, I thank you for the city of Philadelphia that you're setting up as the standard for the world. And I pray that we would just do this call on purpose. God, set people free. We hear the sound. We hear the sound of the redeemed singing, God, it might be years away, but God, we hear that sound. And we're going to remember those. We're going to remember those words that you spoke into our heart. Set them free. Song of freedom. So God, in the name of Jesus, we bind up every plan that the enemy has for that city. We bind up everything that he's trying to accomplish. And we usher in the anointing and presence of Jesus into that city. We breathe life into those that are hurting and lost and far from him. God, we pray that you'd reach to the ends of the earth to bring those into your kingdom. God, and I just pray that you would bring revival fire into our hearts that would be set ablaze so the world could come and watch us burn for you. God, we love you. Teach us and train us as we hold the strategy to the city in our hands. God, help us to release that in time. Help us to be anointed for this. Help us to remember who we are in you, that we are the change, that you are the change, God. In the name of Jesus, we pray these things. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you.